Hey, yo, we're not dead. I assure you we're not dead. Hi, everybody. Uh, just, just two of us tonight, Francisco and Charles. Uh, Andrew had a, uh, uh, I don't know, a prior engagement. I have no idea, but he won't be joining us for for tonight at least. But hey, the show's back on. We've been on a hiatus due to uh, work-related matters for myself. Uh, but that'll get taken care of soon enough. So, uh, hey, Charles, how, how's, it, how's it going, man? Back to life, back to reality. We're back, everybody. Yay. And I went on vacation, so, you know, I went to New Orleans. Ooh. The Superdome. Nolens. So that was the reason why I couldn't be around. Actually, um, let's, let's, I want to talk to you about that experience. How's, uh, what's, how, what's, what's your verdict, your review of the Superdome? Uh, Superdome. Excellent. Excellent. Very really? Unlike going to South you know, or South Florida and going to the Dolphin Stadium where it's just hot and muggy. You know, very dedicated crowd base. Everybody's in there probably because they're winning. I question any fans loyalty when their team sucks. Um, but I liked it a lot. Of course, me my buddies went. One of them's a big Saints fan. Of course, I wore a Tampa Bay Buccaneers hat just to kind of give them a finger to them. Um, we sat on the Saints side near the middles, but let's say I was public enemy number one. Uh, <laughs> but the inside's beautiful. The outside of Mercedes Benz Stadium is interesting too. It's a very lively set of people. The concession isn't actually that terrible. I do have comments about whether or not people should be standing all the time, drunkenly yelling F you to the team that can't recognize them because you're in the nosebleeds because you're broke and they ain't broke. <laughs> but, you know, you don't need to be gyrating your hips like you're dancing for Alvin Kamara's extra money, lady. He ain't going to call you. He ain't going to be your boyfriend, chick. Sorry. There's some personal issues there. But as a stadium itself, and I've been to, this would be my third football stadium because I've been to Raymond James when I was younger. Uh, mm -hmm. Ironically, going against the Saints at that time. Um, and I've been to, you know, the Miami Dolphins Stadium because that goes through like five different names, so I don't even remember it. But this yeah. time we saw Bucks and New Orleans Saints playing, so that was good because it was technically a rivalry game for those who cannot see me because I'm never on camera. I have my fingers up because there's no real rivalry when you're the Bucks because you just suck for a long time and the Saints have legacy. But I liked it. If I ever go back there again, I can recommend it to people go to that stadium itself. Um, it's always kind of jam-packed, and they're so loud, man, but in a good way. Loud and being involved as opposed to being loud and lazy. All right. Uh, food? Did you eat food? Oh, I ate so much food. Like, New Orleans as a whole. You guys need to check it out. I will say, to give a little spoiler into my review, I was there for just a second too, like a day too long. I was there for about four whole days. We flew in at 7 in the morning on Friday, and we left monday night um so on the three days but i liked a lot uh there's places that you should go i guess this would be my early non-sponsors places like uh cafe dumont which i know someone told me is overrated i don't think it's overrated i thought it was good i had some good places like daisy dukes brothers it's a convenience store but they had the best fried chicken i ever had at a place called mothers which i tried out their po' boy but apparently there's like five different variations the club scene's nice on Bourbon Street, but if you don't like the club scene where everything is just out to get your money and people being loud obnoxious, you definitely check out Frenchman Street, more relaxed, get your food, get your drinks, listen to live music, go from there. Hours on end, I end up going to BMC, which had this live band that was starting out with some Lauren Hill when we walked in at 12 in the morning, 
But then as the mu- music kind of went on, the mood went on, they started going into singing some Tupac. So I got this, the whitest guy I've ever seen talking and rapping to me about how do you want it. And then he went to Big Pimpin' and I was just having a good time there, gentlemen. <laughs> Hitch Benet's, Hitch Po Boys, the, uh, you know, we went to Dini's Seafood. I had myself some catfish and shrimp for very cheap price. The drink specialties are nice, but if I always encourage people, if you can travel, travel. Go see how you like it. But, yep. uh, you know, I would go back there. I would probably cut a day short. Also, you got to learn how to hustle Harrah's, which is great because that's their casino and they give you free drinks to play. So what I did, Francisco, is I took like $5. I went to the penny slots. So what I would do is put my money in, um, you know, order my drink, play like one or two safe hands. Once I got my drink, I would just cash out, go to the other side of the casino at Harrah's, cash Uh back in, order my drinks. I'm double fisting it. You know, like I'm a, like I'm a college girl in spring break, man. And then someone talked to me and I said, but I'm thirsty. How can I play if I'm thirsty? Needless to say, that guy didn't like me. It wasn't a play of eras, but I liked it a lot. And of course, we went for the football event, which was a grand old time um, because football is always fun. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, unless you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Uh, it, it can, we can make, you know, Dolphins fans can make it fun if you kind of, you have to look at it from a different perspective as far as the game is concerned. Uh, I think of it as like a comedy act in some, in some cases. Um, I always thought my life was a tragedy, but now it's a comedy brought to you by the Joker. <laughs> yeah think about this right you guys are expected to suck unlike a team such as the atlanta falcons who had these playoff aspirations yeah one and six yeah so that's when football is not really fun football is fun when you're supposed to lots of lots of empty seats out there in the mercedes-benz stadium not the superdome but um yeah the uh gosh man that falcons have been I mean, there's a lot of awful teams this season. The Bengals, the Bengals are our, our biggest threat to the tank this season, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out in the future. But um, games on tap. We got Game Two of the World Series. We got only two NHL games tonight: the Lightning and Penguins. Penguins on their their second uh, game back to back in Florida. They lost last night. It was at I was at the game yesterday with my my dad, my brother-in-law, my nephew. Uh, good times. Lots of Yinzers. Lots of lots of people from Pittsburgh. So I got in a Pirates jersey, and that's embarrassing. Um, I mean, gosh. Uh, Ottawa Senators play as well, but nobody's going to go see that game. They are awful, and nobody wants to see them. Uh, NBA, we got actual basketball back. Miami Heat. Miami Heat are back. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is here. What is that? Huh? He's not playing. No, no, he's playing. Oh, he's playing. Jimmy Butler is playing. Yeah. No, he's yeah. out for uh for a personal reason. Really? Just Already? Right now at five fifty eight p.m. Eastern time. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, you're fake news, Francisco. Oh Don't my god, I'm already behind. Coming back well, from their hard day at work. We're, we're facing the Grizzlies. Davis, stink it up. We're facing the Grizzlies, so. Uh, I, I think uh, we'll be okay. Yeah, well, we'll at least get to see Tyler Hero, so that yeah. that'll be exciting. Um, I don't know especially if you since Dion's not playing. Uh, yeah, especially since Dion's complaining. So, uh, um, uh, I don't know if you saw the games last night, but we'll talk about those as well. I saw both of them actually. Well, no, I did, no, I saw the no, I saw the the second game actually. I didn't see the the Raptors game. 
Um, the West Coast game. Yeah, I saw that game. That was a good game. I watched. I watched the uh, the first game with the Raptors. Okay. I didn't watch the uh, Lakers Clippers. I watched the clips of it. And the second it game. Second game was very very good. I uh, I enjoyed that very much. Very much so. Um, all right, and uh, gosh, World Series game one. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm just trying to get all of our social media stuffs out there so people can uh, look at us and pay attention to us but um let's see love me senpai yeah anyways if not i'll just share it like crazy on social media anyways afterwards you know that's that's the way that's the way you hustle in the podcast game uh, at this moment now so you know all right um and yeah we'll talk about we've got gottlieb goons we got a better know minor league team we've got everything so i guess we could start with i guess game one of the world series I mean, we are here. A lot of sta- a lot has happened. Basically, almost the entire MLB postseason has happened. But I guess we'll get to we're gonna have a baseball extravaganza once the World Series is over. Where we'll just wrap up the entire season from from the bottom of the barrel in Miami all the way to the top, which might be in DC or might be back in Houston. Um, but as of right now, the uh, I predicted, and I said it yesterday. I said I thought the I thought the Nationals would upset, and they did. They very much did so. And I, I thought, well, one, I thought Garrett Cole was due for a loss. I thought he was due. There's no way he hasn't lost since May 22nd, and you know, wins and losses aren't really that big of a deal anymore now with uh, advanced metrics in baseball. But you know, if you haven't lost in some sort of way since May 22nd, you've been doing a lot right. But he was due. I mean, just so happened he was due in Game One of the World Series. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, would you rather just lose at the biggest stage of the game, or you know, somewhere in the in between? But you know, remember, you're good, you're great, but it's a long season, and when you've had X amount starts, probably about thirty for him, and then postseason included, you're gonna get gassed a little bit. Same thing, kind of going with Scherzer. Um, also, those bats went silent up until that eighth inning when oh, yeah. they started to mount their comeback a little bit. Yeah, um, but a lot of – the Nationals came to play. I'll tell you that much. They, they they did come to play. Yeah, it did take a while for them to get back into it. They they, they scored uh, – the Astros came up 2 nothing in the first. Then the Nationals got one, then they got another, and then they scored three runs in that fifth inning, which kind of uh, – um, basically, that was it. That was all they needed after that. The Astros mounted some runs after that. The next, the seventh and the eighth inning. Eighth inning especially, crucial moment that may, might have cost them the game. I'm not entirely sure, but it, it probably did. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, one, uh, kudos, Juan Soto. Juan Soto, who is, uh, yeah, he is, uh, I no guess. chosen one? Yeah, Miggy. Miguel Cabrera 2.0, I would say. A lot of similarities. Well, I mean, similarities concerning, uh, I mean, they already showed the, there was the graphic that he is the second youngest cleanup hitter in World Series history, and the youngest is Miguel Cabrera back in that 2003 series 15 years ago now. Or, yeah, 16 years ago. God. God, the Marlins. It's right. 
but he, he's having a good season too, you know, coming into it real quickly before we go into the playoffs. Bad average is 282, 34 home runs, RBIs 108. Those strikeouts are kind of intense at 132. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's still young. I think this is really only first official season right. for his career. So I think so. You're, you're hitting with a very – and when we say official, here's the thing for those who don't really follow baseball. They do this weird thing where if you only play a quarter of a season as a rookie, that next season kind of rolls over. You know, because that's what I think happened to Aaron Judge. But I think this is his first complete start to finish. Right. Um, yeah, it's like uh, the September call-ups don't really count, you know. Correct. But he's a he's a unit of a man at 6'2". He, he has kind of this patience to him of hitting. And then if there's any time for him to get hot, it's definitely now. Right. Um, so, yeah, he was he's definitely already, I guess early favorite for World Series MVP. He already made the more for game one, you know? We'll see what happens. It's either going to be him, it's either going to be him or it's going to be a pitcher. And Scherzer has just kind of looked gassed from the last two series that he had because he didn't play that well um, in the NLCS. I think he had a couple runs late, let up early, you know, because he had a similar first inning inning double runs delivered onto him Mm -hmm. against, not the Dodgers, but of course my brain. Was it the Dodgers? Yeah, it was the Dodgers, right? Yeah. I mean, the NLCS, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not the NLCS. The NLCS was against the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. Dodgers, uh, the the Dodgers, uh, LOL'd. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They pooped the bed. And they didn't Um, fire Dave Roberts, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, that's that's why folks were doing the all baseball extravaganza because you have three guys who come from different dichotomies of baseball fandom, and we just look at everything with all the craziness that's happening there. Uh, but good for Washington to get this going. I mean, I'm really here's the thing: as a fan of the sport, but not a fan of either team, you know, game one doesn't mean anything at all. You watch a little bit go from there because you know it's a best of seven series. But as the sport itself, taking game one when there's a 14 point win-loss differential when you're a wild card team or in your, where they're supposed to have this, once again, quotation marks, you guys can't see me, murderer's row kind of pitching lineup with the Verlander, Granke, Cole, you know, in there. I don't think anybody gave Washington that edge. And it's like, well, you know, Scherzer kind of the bed a little bit in the morning, but I, and I, you know, Cole, he's there. Mm. I don't understand why. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why people didn't give D.C. the edge. I mean, they already beat the Dodgers. That was one... They were the hottest team come June, right? Yeah. Post July, one of the two. Exactly. They um they beat the Dodgers already. They they uh they handily took care of the Cardinals. Uh, oh my God, completely. And they're they're the one with most rest too. So I think people forget what rest is because Astros went to war with the Yankees a little bit. Six games is you know one game differential from a full seven game series, but it is exhausting. Yeah. But so I, I don't know. I, so I, and once again, I thought. If you've seen the Nationals play, and I've, you know, they're in our division as the Marlins, and the Marlins struggled mightily against the Nationals, them and the and the and the and the Braves, uh, for the Phillies. Well, the Phillies lost their division because they couldn't beat us, which is weird. Uh, but that the Nationals, well, there was a point, yeah, they were 19 and 31, only three games up on the Marlins, really, and it looked like they were going to blow it up and just kind of start over, and look like Bryce Harper was going to get the last laugh, but. Uh, then they turned it around. They 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 stuck to it, and uh, gosh, um, but um, that pitching that the the Nationals have just as good as pitch of, of pitchers, uh, especially this postseason. Uh, 
Max Scherzer, Cy Young winner, multiple Cy Young winner. Steven Strasburg, good, great pitcher. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez, who has revived his career. Uh, out in buddy from Detroit, Max Scherzer. Exactly. It's amazing that those three, they have three players in this World Series that were part of the Detroit Tigers World Series that couldn't get anything done. Right. Well, because it was Annabelle on that second run, or am I misquoting? I, I know you he, definitely had Max and you had um, Verlander. Yeah. So he might have been. He might have been. Or at least he was on that 2013 squad that blew that series against the Red Sox. Um, well, that's true. Um, I'm checking now, but continue. Uh, but, um, and, and once again, you know, and he almost... He was in the uh, 2012 as well. Okay, so he was on that squad. So, yeah, because he was on the Marlins, and I think the Marlins traded him to Detroit. I'm not sure, yeah, but... Jim Leland is a terrible manager, and that's why three of his outstanding guys that were on that pitching are now the World Series winners. Uh, their bullpen management was awful. Their bullpen was awful, actually. You can say their bullpen was awful. And, of course, they had the Dynasty Giants that they were facing in that World Series. Uh, but the 2013 series, they probably should have won that series against the Red Sox. Um, anyways, uh, the Astros... So, eighth inning. Uh, guy on second... George Springer is up. He hits a massive, massive fly ball that I would say was, what, two feet away from being a home run? Like mm-hmm. two feet to the right, and it would have been gone. But it hit it hit that just that part of the, the right field wall that that just goes up like five feet for some reason. And in those weird tiny dimensions, that tiny ballpark there. Um, and George Springer only ends up, what, on second in that play? He did not hustle, man. Well, I I would, according to his explanation and from what I saw when I saw it happen, I don't think it was his fault. Um, if if anybody noticed, I forgot who was on second base uh, when that happened, but uh, whoever it was was actually tagging up when when it was occurring. So I'm not sure if Springer was looking at him or was looking at the ball, but either way. The guy tagged up, and I think he held up just for that very reason. Um, the guy tagged up and was able to score from second uh, to get that fourth run, and, but Springer could only be on second base after that. So I don't think if I – given the same situation, I probably would have held up too. He's not going to pass the guy on second base. He probably and, – and maybe so – So it becomes the fact that none of the guys knew how to run properly. I think I, I put it more on the guy who was on second base than I put it on Springer uh, because mm-hmm. that guy didn't read the, the play very, very well, to be honest. Or I, I don't even know what the third base coach was, was showing him. Maybe he told him to tag up. I'm not even sure. I don't know if anybody's even discussed well, that. Well, let's think about that for a second because you're coming from second out. You can't see the right side of the field that well because right. when you're so close to the wall – you can't tell if it's you have to really rely on the movements of the outfielder to either kind of display physically that he effed up and dropped the ball or couldn't get to it in time because there's always that kind of panic look that outfielders have when they well the i mean the ball was in a in a spot i mean if he caught that it would have been like a miracle catch so but it, it caromed off the wall in a way that in any ballpark anywhere any ballpark anywhere the guy sh- should be at third base that should be a triple yeah. Um, but I I don't blame I don't blame Springer for not not just blasting out of the gate there because I, I think he he 
he might have been looking at his teammate on second and thought maybe the guy maybe the ball was closer to what it was or or I'm not even sure um I or I mean I don't know if I, I don't think he got he thought he got all of it I'm not sure but that's oh. that's my interpretation of how I saw it on the replays slow motion things like that and the guy tagged up the guy tagged up so I'm not um so he's holding up the guy he's not going to pass him and he, he's not going to stand there next to him on second base waiting for him to tag up and then keep running I'm you know given the situation if I was in the same same shoes as Springer I probably would have held up too because I'm not I'm not going past halfway first base if the guy's like still tagging up so let me ask you this then Francisco because we in the sports goof worlds would call this as a boneheaded play in theory but is a man who is a outstanding professional like Corey Springer going to get an exception to everything? Oh, I'm sorry, George Springer. I'm thinking yeah. of Corey because I'm thinking Bodie Bellinger because mm. they, they, all, they all look the same to Charles. Um, <laughs> are we going to give them excuse because these are premier athletes or pseudo premier athletes versus your, you know, just called up rookies or guys who are journeymen who it's easy to lay the blame to them? I'm, I'm giving Springer the benefit of the doubt. Also because this is like his fifth straight World Series game with a home run. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not. Exactly. He's been here before. He knows what it takes. And he's. Uh, and I don't. And, and remember, in that situation, they're down two runs at that point. You don't want to make a dumb base running out at that point how in many, the game. How many he could still. Even if he's on second, he can still score on a base hit. Yeah, so how many outs was at the point? Was it two outs or one out or no outs? It was um, at that point in the game, I think there might have been one out. I'm not even entirely sure. That, that could be risky. You're trying not to get to a double play either. Exactly. So either way, you don't want to make a dumb base running mistake in the World Series when you're down by two. Uh, so I I don't think he wanted to be caught in that situation. If he's you know on first, at least he's on base or something. But he's on second. Still scoring position. Still a scoring position. Yeah. So the Astros, in the end, couldn't find a way to, to bring him home. Uh, and they lost. They lost. So that's that's just the way things go. So uh, lineup tonight, it's Granky Verlander next, right? Okay. So game two is Strasburg versus Verlander today. Um, and then game three... In DC, we'll have Granky versus uh, Sanchez, and then we'll so me, we'll see what happens in Game Four. We'll so let me probably see this. Scherzer and those guys again. For every, you know, for every home run that Verlander gives up, how many times are you he's going to reference the whole the balls are juiced? It's not me. Uh, I'm that kind of ballpark. How are the ball juiced? This is like the the playoffs. the The ball seems like it's not juiced at this point. Really? So, uh, the pitching has actually gotten better in the postseason. Now, whether it's by Major League Baseball switching the balls out just to have more compelling games, you know, bring up that drama. Uh, still, there was still it was a five to four game. You know, it's not like it was. He's still like he's still the pitcher throughout the season that has had the most long balls connected to him. Well, he's, he's still <laughs> he's still presumed AL Cy Young. He, uh, he his circumstances for for tonight. I mean, he's playing in Houston, band box of a ballpark. I don't know. 
No excuses this time, dude. Alright? If you're giving them up, you're giving them up. It's the Astros, it's the World Series. Or no, no, gosh darn it, it's, it's the National, sorry. It's the World Series, I mean... <laughs> uh, you got Zimmerman, you got Soto. They, they've got some good batters on that side as well. Alright? Uh, you got Rendon. Trey Turner does well, too. Exactly. And he got Maybe us tacos. He got his tacos, exactly. Ah, crap, I haven't even gone to talk about today. I mean... They changed the menu... They are not my non-sponsor of the week. They got oh, that—that that, like. that is true. I, I didn't even know when they did it. They—they—they they, they changed the menu at the, the was it the the chalupas the the, the number six. They—they they only offer it in chicken now. They don't offer the beef version. I, I don't get Francisco, it. Francisco, the only other thing close that I think, and please fans who are not offended, you just have to see where I'm coming from here. The only thing I think that could be worse for us. For any of humanity to avoid another kind of holocaust or crimes against humanity, such as Sierra Leone, the only thing I can feel attributed to that is Taco Bell getting rid of like the cheesy beefy potato burrito or the <laughs> low do- low dose those tacos. I made a I made a personal yeah, version of that. Yeah, yeah, but but that's the thing though. You and great for you, you the goals are, but it's not that seventeen percent of my food kind of deliciousness. I don't, I, I need to understand why, because it hurts my heart, because I had Taco Bell the other day for the first time in like three months, and I was just severely disappointed. I didn't even get my usual. I was like, all right, they're going to make me try this new streamlined thing, sure. But I guess my only saving grace is if I'm like been drinking at two in the morning, you know, I guess I got to get a Crunchwrap Supreme, but the minute they take that off, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> okay. You, know, you take that, I'm gone. The Crunchwrap All right. That was like years ago. I know I'm dating myself here, but it still is. What, what did you say? You cut out for a bit. Oh, just like, you know, when they had the chicken crunch wrap supreme, they got rid of that too. But if they got rid of the crunch wrap supreme, I, I just have to quit, man. I gotta go. Oh, no, no, they shouldn't. And especially the interest of the triple one, you know, or in the breakfast one. They have the breakfast one too. I haven't tried the oh, breakfast. Tri- I haven't tried the breakfast Ooh, one. I have. It's pretty good. But mm. the thing is, I don't want to go to Taco Bell for breakfast. I'm going to go to Taco Bell because either I've been drinking or I hate myself. Yeah, you go to Taco Bell like at 1 a.m. and then, you know, after you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, man. It makes them cool that way. It's just, it's just terrible. It's terrible. It's another crime against humanity. Uh, Los Dos Tacos. How dare they? All right, so we got game two tonight. Uh, you think? Who are you calling? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the two. Yeah, the two all series yeah. lead. I think they're gonna do it. I think. I, I, I think your your really comments about Verlander. I, he might be on the downswing of his. He, well, he is on the downswing of his career. You know, Hall of Fame career. We'll say that. I'll say that. But uh, uh, you know, he hasn't been. Uh, I mean, what has been his postseason numbers? This, this, I mean, do they even have it here on the MLB? 2019 we postseason. Kinda, He's got one and two. Messed him up a little bit. One and two, 3.7 ERA, 24 innings pitched, 29 strikeouts. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. You're we put some shell shock in him. All right, well. And, and Strasburg, let's see his numbers this postseason. He's uh, he's 3 and 0, 1.64 ERA, 22 innings pitched, 33 strikeouts. I mean, I, I don't. Right there, I mean, let's t- let's take a look at the national. Okay, the Astros' opponents leading up to the World Series. So, uh, first round, well, they almost got beat by the Rays. The Rays gave them a hard time. The Rays have good pitching. So, uh, okay, so we're gonna. We're, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to go back to the ALCS to look at the Yankees. All right? Did the national? Did the Astros? Sorry. Uh, would you say that they faced? Great pitching against the Yankees? 
but we just tired them out. I mean, look, we, we were more focused on bullpen. We had Luis Severino start a few innings. We had poor CC die in front of me. Oh, God. I cried. Okay. Francisco and people alike out there, I don't cry in sports. I think you're being overdramatic to really do it unless someone died or they're retiring. You feel a little emotional, misty-eyed. This man's arm literally came out of socket like an action figure. Oh, my God. And yeah. then him trying to cover his face, and then he threw that one last pitch, and I'm like, <sighs> oh god, fine. the feels, like, the, the feels, and he's dead. It was, it was hard. It was hard. But to, to long story short, our pitching is not excellent. Time. So James Paxton, there is hope for him. I'm really hoping next season we get Garrett Cole. They brought the range gone now. Hopefully he just sucks this entire World Series or he didn't. But it's also, and he was in afford him even. Because they get Granky's salary. Verlander had a nasty extension. Yeah, that's going to eat up their monies. And yeah. you still have to play all, play all these other guys that are there too. So is it I mean, possible? I mean, there's still a salary cap. Uh, they have Their their owner has been willing to spend money. And they're, well, uh, the, the Astros have a massive market anyways. And uh, they're popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they'll be able to afford most of their guys. Not all of them, but most of them. Um, fly to the Washington thought process being going to re-sign Rendon as well because one time basically they're going to sign Rendon to a similar contract but bringing it back to your original question not stellar pitching okay so the Astros are facing <laughs> look I don't think they face a guy like Strasburg I don't think they've no. done that and I and I think they're uh, I think they're they they might have met their match here. I, I don't think they're the, the maybe game three, maybe against Annabelle Sanchez, who's you know just having a um, a great postseason run. Maybe he's just having a magical postseason run. You know, maybe he's just hot. Uh, but they might get a win there. But I, I don't think they'll get the one tonight too. So I, I'm calling I'm calling that on this one. I am. Plus, all, I think that rest makes a difference. I think people are just saying, Charles, you're just stating the obvious to state the obvious. I, I think there's a big difference when you've been playing all season plus throughout the entire playoffs and you were able to knock your point on a sweep, whereas the other ones had to be very smart and judicious with their pitching, with their pinch hitting, with their designated hitters and everything in between because they're going to become exhausted. Well, they, uh, what was it? I think the last, I'm not sure they said the last eight World Series, um, the team with the most rest or the, the least amount of rest uh, going into the series, won the World Series. And the, the only, uh, so far, the only outlier was last season's Red Sox, uh, who had more rest than anything else. But I think uh, maybe it's just the Nationals are just hot right now. They are just hot. Yeah. So it's not a matter of that. Let me ask you this, sir. What is better for baseball? Is it better for baseball to have this Astros team get the second ring in three years? On the base of, hey, we traded for Zach Granke because we could not in good faith beat the Yankees without him because we were trash and the Yankees were awesome until we got Granke. Yes, I'm, I'm flouting a little bit. Or is it better for the team who has never won a World Series to win the World Series, especially since they're a team that have relocated for, what, 10 years? Maybe a little bit longer? It's been 15 years since they left Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, so 15 years since they left Montreal. To be in this basis, to lose the top name guy out of value concerns, but still coming hot is both. So, okay, so, hmm. What's best for baseball? What's best for baseball? Well, dynasties are good for business. 
You've mm-hmm. seen it in every sport. Big the, market yep. team. Yeah, the Astros are a big market team. So is DC. DC is also a big market team. Uh, if you look at the numbers, they are a big market team. Um, but the Astros winning a second one uh, once again gets you. You're once you're one championship away from a dynasty, right there. You're you're all of a sudden in dynasty talks right there. You know, because it's always the three P. It's always the or the three in four or five years. You know, uh, it's always those teams that that get called that. So. Dynasties are good for business. You see it in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors were great for business. The New England Patriots are great for business for the NFL. Uh, even in hockey, the Chicago Blackhawks, they were great for business. Uh, you know, there's always that team that everyone loves to hate or hates to love, you know? I mean, uh, that has that, that target on their back every single night. Uh, as far as, I mean, argument I can make for the, Ast- for the Nationals is... Um, uh, I, I guess bringing a title to D.C. Uh, for the first time since 1924. Um, probably one of the good things happening in D.C. right now, but we're not going to get into politics um, <laughs> uh, any any further than that. Uh, a good distraction for them. I guess the, the Capitals won um, uh, last, last year and bring the Stanley Cup to D.C. So, I mean, that, that could be a narrative too. Like, oh, D.C. got two... Two different championships in two seasons, you know, because um, well, not going they're not gonna get in the NFL, that's for sure, and uh, and probably not in the NBA. So, um, but I, I I would say for baseball, I would say the Astros winning it again would be good for them. It if it, 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 it feeds that that dynasty narrative. See, I get the dynasty narrative, but I think. The best thing for baseball is the best thing for the Nationals to get it on the idea of what has been their story for such a long time. You well, got all these young upstarts, and you couldn't get out. You always had the always close but no cigar. Couldn't even get out the mm-hmm. D, you know, the kind of um, divisional. And then now you finally make your first run with I'll, this manager. I'll Jake tell you Jesus. what. What also would be great for business are the Bryce Harper memes if they do win it all. Exactly. And then furthermore, because you, you mentioned it earlier, and I was going to wow you by bringing them in, but I feel the Nationals with uh, Ovi was almost very similar and of the same pace and move to what's going on with the Nationals. That's true. The Capitals and Nationals, because it was like, you should be the best. You know how many years we went with everybody saying it was going to be the Nationals year? They got Dusty Baker. They got 91s. They bust out. They got all the other guys. They bust out. They went through McInerman, Ryan Zimmerman, who, who was playing in his first World Series. Bless the man. For staying loyal to the team, yeah, he was able. He, he was drafted by the team when they were the Montreal Expos. He was, yeah, and then uh, so you have legacy involved in here. It is the reason why it's good for baseball is because it is the feel-good story. The same way I feel Kansas City winning was the feel-good story of the small-town team that got everybody in the market, you know, from or a small-town market that had their guys that they basically drafted and developed. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It feeds that. Uh, that's yeah. Very great point because uh, it feeds that also. Hey, the team that was dead in the water in May. Uh, actually, it's similar. It's actually it's kind of both hockey teams. If uh, going by what you're saying, it's actually it's like the St. Louis Blues uh, this past season winning the Stanley Cup. They were they were dead in the water uh, almost midway point of the season. And then they just got hot and went all the way to the Stanley Cup to win it all. 
and the Washington Capitals the season prior to that because they were also a team that was like, okay, they should have won a championship eons ago. They've had all these great teams. They've had all the, the chances in the world. Their, their owner has spent the money. They have a superstar, and yet they, they just can't seem to get it right. And then they finally did it. So if the Nationals do it this season, it would be like a mix of those two storylines. And I would touch on one other thing, because this is how I feel about baseball, and part of it is because I I contribute to the problem. When it comes to other sports, when there's teams who are heavy favorites to win, and if they win that that final, whatever it is, whether it's a Super Bowl, a NBA championship, a college championship, whatever have you, Mm -hmm. and then a Stanley Cup, I don't think people get cynical off of it. I believe that in baseball, when the team that is projected to win to be the best wins that World Series, therein you lie to create the projection of sinister casual fan base and watch the sport. Why? Because the Yankees pot was always the Yankees, right? Right. Kind of in that way the season with the Red Sox. Because the Red Sox are not a dynasty, but they have dynasty qualities. As for championship, and the other three that they have in between. And the same thing goes to the Astros because people are just going to see this. You're you're getting a lot of saying we can die in the finals. I think people have accepted with the Patriots is at the end of the day, let's be real something. We might be sick of Tom Brady going into the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady in his 20-year career on a very excellent team that has never finished below 500 or hell, even under 10 games under his watch, except for like one season, the second season as a starter, they've only won six Super Bowls compared to the 20. There's still some parity, even with the NBA, you know, Golden State got to go to the finals, so everybody, but there was always that competition to help. Because it was Cleveland winning, and then of course the Asterix says Toronto, and everybody says the Asterix. At the end of the day, it wasn't a fully yeah, great for them, quite as MVP, but it was still him, you know, against like, a battered everybody else in soccer. And then here comes my NHL knowledge. It was Blackhawks and the Kings, right? Just kind of making their own kind of monstrosity. Well, yeah, the Blackhawks won three championships in like in like five, six seasons. And the, and in between that, the Kings won two. So it was, yeah. it was either one or the other. Um, so it was a good... But they weren't even like the super overwhelming favorites. And then the Penguins won back-to-back after that. So, so uh, well, uh, the Blackhawks, by the end of it, they were... But in the NHL, the thing is, there's no... It's hard to do super overwhelming favorites because the game is... A lot of it's based on luck. Just, you know, you, you just... Or maybe a goalie just plays out of his mind. Um, so it, parody in the NHL is very, very close. They're, all the teams can kind of beat each other, except for the Ottawa Senators. They suck. Um, but most of the, most nights, most given nights, um, teams are like within one or two points of each other in the standings. And not like the NBA, which is you know super top heavy. Um, Major League Baseball, I think, is as great parody, especially now. This season was wasn't that bad. National League, maybe because most NL teams weren't that great. Um, American League was more top heavy than anything, and and of course, the NFL has has great parity as well, um, especially in the middle with all those middle teams down there. Um, uh, where was I going with this? I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. To, you know, casual fans cannot deal with the expected teams to win the MLB. Oh, ca- yeah, casual fans. Well, I mean, baseball's 
you know, trying to hang on to all the fans that they can get, but they're still doing great. They're still making more money than they've ever made beforehand. So it's not like the sport is dying. It's just, um, uh, but once again, you know, they have two storylines that are great. Two storylines that are, you know, you have a dynasty, a possible team trying to make a dynasty, or you have the team that was dead in the water in May. Um, and in D.C., where, you know, some good news out of D.C. would be great for for a lot of people. So, all right. So that's our, uh, I guess, World Series coverage, you know. Super in-depth. I'm proud of us. Yeah. All right. So I guess we can go to one of my smaller segments here. We can kind of use it to segue before we move on to another topic here. We're at the 40-minute mark. Uh, let's, uh, let's switch one of these. Can I pick? All right. I guess we'll go to better know a minor league team. So if uh, y'all don't know. Better know minor league team. We pick a random minor league team from whichever league, whatever league, all the different minor sports out there. And uh, we're, I mean, at some point we're gonna have XFL teams. <laughs> I think they didn't. They just have their draft or whatever. I'm not even sure. They did. Oh, they had their draft. I am not ready to talk about that yet. We need to get the list of people and it actually. <laughs> And certain There's people actually know there, Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I heard about it on the radio t- today. People were like, "Oh, there's actually guys that I recognize." Um, and whether people are gonna watch or not, whether you'll watch it for you know just to laugh at it for a bit and then forget about it the next day, kind of like the AAF in a sense. Uh, but you know, I mean, are you convinced Vince is gonna keep it more than a season? I need it to last because <laughs> wrestling has been very bad and well, not bad. I, I, I think I don't want to be over dramatic, but I always felt that Vince was his own worst enemy. And the mm. idea of something succeeds, he can focus his attention on it because it's a business and he at least has trusted people in the WWE to make something happen. And look, there's a difference between having to create storylines and everything versus an actual sport. It, it's in his baby stage. I can bring it back. Bring oh, yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on, guys. Okay, so uh, I think I'm back. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey there. All right. Um, so uh, technical difficulties once again. Hey, it's Sports Goose, and it's just the, it's just the way we do. Um, so, Charles, sorry about that. Your, your, your little mini rant there got cut off. But so, you well, need you need the XFL to keep going going. I, I need to see and before everybody figured out I gave this great diatribe of why and Vince McMahon heard me criticize him, so we cut the power and Ma- uh, I, I think he has the same technology as China. So <laughs> Hey free hey, listen, if you talk to former WWE wrestlers like John Moxley and Pac, you don't mm. get free speech in Vince's world. You just get called stupid. Okay. Um so yes i needed to succeed because i think it will allow the creative juices to flow like a rare filet mignon in the wrestling world versus mm-hmm. i will get to that at some point tonight uh because i'm pretty darn sure you have something saved up for even stewing for a bit um all right so yeah. better know minor league team so to in honor of the nba season finally getting started all uh, for 2019 and 2020, uh, my minor league team is the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. They are located in Edinburgh, Texas, which is in South Texas, around you know the border area. Uh, they were established in 2007 when the when the then D League uh, started. Uh, 
they are the G League affiliate of the Houston Rockets. They have won. They are the most successful team in uh, in in G League history. They uh, have three championships: 2010, 2013, and they are the defending champion: 2019. Uh, I don't think they have a mascot because it is a snake, and I don't think I think that's very hard to do for a mascot. Uh, even though the Diamondbacks have a mascot, but it's like a coyote or a badger be, or something like that. I forgot what it is. Would it become a wingless dragon if you put limbs on it, even though everybody knows it's a snake? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Put it on the pole. All right. Notable alumni from the Vipers, Patrick Beverly, Steve Novak, Clint Capella, and Nick Nurse. He was actually their head coach back in 2010 when they won the G League championship and uh, – most recently, the coach of the Toronto Raptors when they won in 2019, even though uh, Charles still puts an asterisk by that. Big asterisk. <laughs> they play at the Burt Ogden Arena out in Edinburgh. Opened in 2018, brand new, shiny arena, and they, they brought a championship to it already. Capacity, 7,688. I've been to South Texas. It's actually not that bad. Um once again, me with some Texas love out there. I love El Paso, San Antonio. So you know what? Maybe I should move there at some point. But I'm not going to at this point because uh, they have Vipers out there, and I don't want to be out there. Uh, but that's it. Real Grande Valley Vipers, everybody. So uh, they will be uh, starting their season soon enough out there in the G League. Cool? All righty. Uh, let's see. Smaller segments here. What what else can we talk about between now and our, our halfway point here? Uh, we talked about baseball. Um, I, I could talk about hockey uh, and, and bore Charles to death. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, I mean, season two of Sports Goose should also have a segment of let's educate Charles on hockey. So well, I could fans. educate you on hockey if you want me to. Uh, always, hey, listen, our fans are diverse. Our listeners are diverse. I don't hate hockey i like hockey the problem is is the lack of broadcasting on my streaming sites hurt it a little bit plus you know in choice between world series baseball nba season and then with some football in between hockey's gonna kind of fall a little bit on my table so we could call this segment for fair use let's educate a charles okay well uh let's see so i guess i could talk hockey for a real bit because uh the season has gone underway i've been of course following my florida panthers uh trying to get charles to become a a genuine fan at some point you know you know follow them casually just be like yeah that alexander barkov i hear he's pretty good um so uh, surprisingly enough the best team in the league are the buffalo sabers uh, i don't know what happened i don't know what happened i don't know if the, the drinking water changed out in buffalo but they have two good sports franchises and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a sign of the end times, but uh, the Buffalo Sabres have been good. And, like, this happened last season. So, Charles, the Buffalo Sabres have been, um, they're like a snake bit type of team, you know. I think I would liken them to be like the San Diego Padres of the NHL. All right? Oh, oh God. You know, made a couple of, of finals appearances. Uh had some pretty damn good players, you know. They had Dominic Hasek, one of probably one of the best goaltenders in the history of the league. Uh, you know, kind of akin to like a Tony Gwynn, you know, one of the best hitters in the history of baseball. You know, just never, 
have never never had the the opportunity to to win it all. They've they've tanked very much so these past few seasons, uh, maybe this past decade, I would say. Um, they've had opportunities to be good, and it's like they have like a, a flash of brilliance, and it's just not good enough. And uh, I don't know. Maybe they're finally breaking through. Maybe they are. I, I think. Um, they had a 10-game winning streak last season around this time of the year, like heading into November. And it looked like, man, you know, let's we're, we're going to bow down to our new Buffalo Sabres overlords. But uh, that, uh, that didn't exactly happen because uh, they immediately went right back down to the basement. So uh, this season seems different, though, because their, their goals for, their goals against, uh, they've shown... Uh, uh, maybe an air of sustainability like this isn't just a flash in the pan you know you know it's october much like in baseball you know april baseball is basically like weird stuff happens all right in april baseball weird stuff like the cincinnati reds could be very good in april and they just kind of fall apart at the end you know uh here it's the buffalo sabers and i mean they eventually have to break through and it's kind of a bad news for the florida panthers who are also trying to break through um but maybe there's some they've they've added some pieces uh, around Jack Eichel, uh, maybe they might have the formula to do this. It, it's an early season good start. Uh, same thing out in Edmonton, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, who will, uh, I guess you would ache into, uh, not even sure. Well, you, you probably know who Wayne Gretzky is, of course. Of course. Okay, so he, he had a dynasty with the Oilers. Uh, well, he was traded to L.A. Uh, eventually, but... Um, he started a dynasty in, in, in Edmonton out in the 80s, and the Oilers haven't done anything since. Uh, I guess you would call them, I don't know what you would say in, in other terms. Um, Damn fools? No, I'm trying to, uh, 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 like a, a sports comparison to like a team that had like a dynasty, like really great dynasty way back in like forever ago, and now it's just kind of like a shell of themselves ever since. The New um. York Yankees. No, that's too cold. <laughs> come on, come on. First world problems right there. A decade without a World Series. 1910. It was a, a tough time for Steelers. World Series appearance. Not even just a championship. An appearance. You know, it's like, you know, oh. <laughs> um, I, San Francisco, I would venture, is probably the Okay, I would say the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Let's say yeah, the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Chicago's fun. All right, Chicago Bulls. Dynasty in the 90s. Michael Jordan, you know, I guess you would say is like the Wayne Gretzky of basketball. Uh, and nothing ever since, all right? Uh, they made a finals appearance back in 2006, and that was a surprise by everybody. And you know, it's just awful ever since. Bulls, the same thing, you know? They've been awful. I mean, they had a Derrick Rose, whatever, but... Anyways, uh, they've had a good start to the season uh, and are leading the Pacific Division. Uh, some good hockey going on right now. Uh, it's just kind of have, uh, when it comes to hockey, because of the point system, so I don't know if you know how the point system is distributed, all right? A little bit. I never all right. One team with X amount beats out another team because ESPN always has it where it's wins, losses, shootouts, and then points. I'm like, this is too much. I'm not a smart man. Okay, so right. I can break it down for you. Okay, a victory, a win, a, a, a regulation or overtime victory is, or a shootout victory of any kind is two points, all right? Mm-hmm. That's two points in the books. 
Losses, zero points. You get no points for, for losses in regulation. If you get into overtime or losing a shootout, you get one point. All right? So you get into overtime, you're guaranteed to get a point out of the game. Uh, the NHL did away with ties uh, back in 2006. So uh, that was actually one of the big changes after they had a, a canceled season. Um, and uh, when it comes to playoff standings, they have a thing called, and I have to explain this to you as well, they have a thing called ROW. Okay, it's R-O-W, regulation and overtime wins. Uh, but it's actually, uh, actually the, the name doesn't make sense anymore because um, uh, a regulation victory counts more than an overtime victory, all right? So if you can beat a team in 60 minutes of, of, uh, of playtime, that victory actually counts more than beating a team in overtime or a shootout, all right? So when it comes, it comes into play when it uh, when you have a tiebreaker scenario. So unlike baseball, you don't have pl uh, play-in games. NHL, you come towards the end of the season, and uh, they they calculate how many points you have. If you have the same amount of points as another team for that final spot, they will start counting the rows or really just the regulation victories. So you have one more row regulation victory than the other team you get that spot ahead of them, all right? And that's how uh, the Panthers got screwed with that a few seasons ago, uh, actually 10 seasons ago now, when they didn't have this rule, this rule implemented uh, with the regulation victories, and they're the reason why we have the system. So that's, uh, that's how the NHL calculates its standings. There's no more ties anymore because that's for Europeans, and we don't like that. So um, let me ask you this, Francisco, because mm -hmm. I typed it out, but you know I, I don't want to lose sight of it. The importance of power plays does that work in the standings, or is or power plays? Okay. This power play points. Okay, so power play. All right, so uh, your so power plays are when uh, the other team has a man advantage because Correct. of a penalty. All right, so you lose one, maybe even two players, and uh, so power play points. It has nothing to do with the um, with the standings. Um, let's say you get in a scenario where you have um, the, the team has the same amount of points in the standings and the same amount of regulation victories. All right, so that's when you start going into the uh, the goal the the goal deficit. All right, so much like in NBA or, or the NFL, you know, plus or minus points. All right, so if your if your team scored more goals. And has less of a deficit um, than the team behind you, uh, then you you get that spot in the playoffs. So goals do matter, uh, and goals against goals for do matter when it comes to that part of the standings. If you get that deep into the into the tiebreak, uh, victories being more valuable than overtime victories or shootout victories. So it it actually has um, not come up, and I think going deeper. I mean, they have even more. Um, more scenarios here after that if you get into some really weird stuff but uh, with, with regards to you t tying the other team in every single statistical category but it's never come up really in, in hockey and there's never been a play on there hasn't been a playing game or anything like that so uh, that's how you calculate standings in hockey so there that's uh yeah I actually kind of like this segment <laughs> <laughs> I like it too because, like I said, and you know, we talked about it personally, and to everybody else out there, is that 
One, if I am going to be a commentator on the most prestigious podcast of sports and sports entertainment alike out there in this world of video game entertainment, okay. I feel that I am obligated to understand every facet of the game, including I, hockey. I, and and honestly, I actually commend you for that because I don't, I don't think a lot of um, sports media personalities and, you know, whether it's in radio or in TV or even online, um, make the effort to be well-averse in all the sports and that's why my good man they are gotta leave goons and not sports goons well we'll get to that segment after the 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 midway point but yeah i mean i i find it especially i mean i listen to south florida radio down here um they're mostly talking football all right i mean high school football college and the nfl and i don't know how i don't know how they could speak so much about the dolphins but they do all right, the, the team sucks, and they, I, don't, I don't know how much you can kind of break that down uh, at this point. Uh, the, the hurricane, the U is dead, if you all didn't the U know. Is so dead. The U is dead. It's been dead be for, yeah, it's been dead since since the early 2000s. And, hey, you brujos and brujerias out right. there in South Florida, bring us back. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you guys just don't have any of that Ponzi scheme money anymore. That's, you know. Dang it. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> Um, I, I find it the guys that the media personalities, I'll give you an example. Ira Winderman. He is the heats. He is the Miami heat beat writer for the sun Sentinel. That man is well versed in all four of the major sports. All right. He knows his hockey. He's, he, I mean, he grew up in New York. He grew up in New York. So he's from New York. So he, you know, he knows baseball, obviously, uh, football, basketball and hockey. All right, he's a New York Rangers fan, and you you talk to him about anything. He, he's talking about the Heat. You bring up something about the New York Giants, and he'll start talking about it. All right, I like guys like that. I like guys who are well averse. There's a guy Alex Dono who used to be a radio host on um, five sixty WQAM. He he's a he's a fan of all four sports. He knows his hockey, um, especially down here. If, if, he, if a guy knows his hockey, he knows his hockey. All right. Um, he knows soccer. Uh, I'm not a soccer fan, but he loves soccer. Uh, he's he's into Italian soccer. Uh, I, I respect guys who are who take the time to be well well versed in all the sports like that. Uh, Roy Bellamy, I think he's on. Um, he's one of the the local boys for. Um, Lebetard, right? Yeah, Lebetard, right there. Yeah. He's actually a hockey fan. He's a hockey fan. All right. Um, and so he, he, you know, you'll see him tweet every once in a while about the, about the Florida Panthers and stuff like that. So um, guys like that, I think, are great for sports down here. All right. Like we uh, maybe I think it's just my generation down here. I mean, it's just I have I haven't grown up with a good football team in, in the Dolphins. I just haven't. So it's kind of been my fourth favorite sport, really. I mean, the Florida State Seminoles only, can only do so much for me. But I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, I think it depends. Not, it, it's like being a chef in that sense. Some people even specialize in breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Sometimes you can co-mingle, but there's always going to be a recipe that you're not familiar with or you're just not good at. And also, here's the thing. if you enjoy, There's a difference between enjoying one thing and then being educated and trying to influence other people. And I think that's the pitfalls of any kind of sports media, sports talk, sports uh, figureheads, sports goofs, um, where you limit yourself. 
you know, Skip Bayless has not played any professional sports. Nope. I have not played any professional sports. Colin Cowherd has not played any professional sports. Let me be fair to some other people. Um, Stephen A. Smith has not played any professional sports. And even the professional athletes who have played professional sports have not played the professional sport of the other things that they're talking about per se. So, you know, Shannon Sharp talk about basketball. So a lot of it is a reactive sensation of like, oh, he sucks. Is that, but you find out things are different. It's almost like on replay when you think he has the cast and you find out it's put out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. You see with the eye, see if, and this is the truth, but I'll say it for me, a lot, a lot of times our determinations might be from, especially if we're uneducated in the matter, might be from what other people who we believe are more informed on tell us. Uh, because I'll take your head and not. Like, I know the Buffalo Sabres. I think they're owned by uh, the people who own the Buffalo Bills. I know they're yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah, same owner. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appreciate you and say, hey, that, that is what. Are you going to respect it? Or you're going to be the worst kind of sports media figurehead and just be talking out of your butt. And you're not making a lot of sense and just trying to say things that have a shock element um, because you're bringing irrelevant subjects to to the market and to the sport itself, which happens often. Exactly. I mean, I don't like it when uh, people who have no idea on the subject are commenting on it. Like, um, I remember the Chicago Blackhawks had a, back in 2000, I think it was a strike short season back in 2013, they had like a 25-game point streak. They were almost like, almost, it wasn't that they were undefeated, but they they had a point streak. So they got points in every game, as I explained to you just recently. Uh, how it works um, and they were trying to compare that to I think the Miami Heat had their like 20 remember they won like 27 games in a row or something yep, like that trying to break uh, I think the Houston Rockets uh, consecutive winning streak right exactly so they were um, they were in the middle of that and they asked Stephen A. Smith if the if the if the Blackhawks streak was uh, com- comparable or as good or as impressive as the heat streak and he started like going off and was like he's like no it ain't the same as the heat streak well he didn't say that but he's like you hockey has ties all right that doesn't count and it's like no Stephen a hockey hasn't had ties since 2004 all right that was the last season that they implemented ties ever since that there have been actual finality to all the games now, if he had said hockey has shootout losses and they have a point system that guarantees that if you make it into overtime that you get a point even if you lose, then I would have respected his argument. I would have been like, you are well-informed, good sir. All right, you have made great points there. But Here, here's a, here's a he, question I'm going to you ask know. you after. Go ahead, I'm sorry. All right, no, no, that's that's the end of my point there. Do Do you think they even write their own notes, or there's people writing pregame? Oh, I, I don't, th- I don't think Stephen A. writes his own notes at this point, man. That guy is way too big. He's a meme at this point. Uh, nah, nah, nah. He 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 might write some some of his stuff. He might have some like he might just sit in the back and be like, I like that. I'm gonna scream about that today. You know, uh, when you know, put it on a poster board for him, he's like, pick. What do you want to scream about today? I'll scream about that today, all right? Um, yeah, okay, but we are at the halfway point of our show or our, I mean, if you're watching this and you were after our interruption, but either way, uh, we get to one of our favorite segments, uh, a word from a non-sponsors, guys. It's been a while. It's been a while since we shout out to the people, products, places, things that we know and love for the past, I would say, three weeks that we haven't been on the show. So, Charles, uh, I don't know if you're ready for this. 
I'm ready uh, for it. Okay, all right. So, uh, I don't know. You want me to start? You want to go? I, I'm not even sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, if you feel you need a moment, I can start. Yeah, to give me a second. Give me a second there. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Let me, let me just clap my hands together. So, ladies and gentlemen, viewers mm. of all ages, listeners of all ages, every now and then when we do a word from our non-sponsors, we have known me to pick either some form of entertainment or some form of food commodity. We have had famous things mm. for our here. We've had hungry hobbies for all its sakes. Mm. But today I'm thinking of my stomach. I always look over my stuff because I'm a, I'm a grown man, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a big boy trying to get big boy foods. But sometimes, if you're like me, if I'm cooking for my own food, or if I get some takeout or whatever, it's just not good enough, maybe I need to spice it up. And let me tell you guys, what's better than something being good? Having something to compliment it and make it even better. Mm. I love me some hot sauce. And so oh. I think my sister for getting this kind of hot sauce because I rarely kind of order hot sauce online i just kind of get the basic style because i'm a basic b as they say <laughs> but there is a certain kind of hot sauce that has just not only opened my pores when it touches you know my tongue and open up my papulas and open up my nostrils it's also opened up my soul that says i don't think i can ever be gone with it and then there's saint augustine snake bite hot sauce you Ooh. can order online it's not for 15 dollars. and i gotta say in the, the other day i had some chinese food Love Chinese food. I usually don't mix anything with Chinese food. The problem with Chinese food sometimes is when you staple the styrofoam, the, the general topic, get a little too soggy for my liking. Get the one on the left, Francisco, it's beautiful. It gets a little bit too soggy, and the food's kind of ruined. Well, a little bit old day, obviously, in snake bite, that little hot sauce that you get for $14.90 for shipping on Amazon made it a whole lot better. Last night, had a little bit of pot roast for dinner. Yum yum sauce, baby, but not the yum yum sauce as you used to. We're talking about old St. Augustine steak by sauce. Just open up some. It's like basically, I used to say this, I'm going to say it again. It's like kissing Jesus, but in a condiment version. Because sometimes, guys, you got to think for your stomach, but if you're not a good cook like me, and you got to get a little bit of intense and extra, mm-hmm. you like a little bit of hot. It's hot, but not too hot. It's appreciative hot, you guys. You appreciate the hot, you appreciate the sauce. My non-sponsor of the week, old St. Augustine Snake Bite, that old hot sauce. Go get some. All right, I have it here on the screen here. $14.90 here on Amazon, free shipping. Uh, rare and elusive daytail pepper only grows in the nation's oldest city, St. Augustine, Florida. It's a good city, by the way. Uh, it has a slight fruitiness with latent heat that kicks. Old St. Augustine, a small family business, created Snake Bite Hot Sauce to show off the true flavor of this illustrious ingredient. Pronounced daddle like paddle. Okay. Try it on chicken wings, seafood, Bloody Marys, and more. Dice up fresh watermelon with onion and cilantro. Add snake bite and eat with tortilla chips. Heat level is hot. And they got one customer review. So let's go down there and see if anybody. Nah, nah. Nobody wrote the customer review. Nobody. So good. Great gift for our guys. Okay. Great great gift for guys. Okay. Cool. Uh, So, yeah. Um, I'm not a a hot hot sauce type of guy to be honest but have you have you ever seen the um the, the youtube show hot ones oh my god it's great okay all right Hysterical. yeah oh i love it oh it's fantastic you get celebrities on there and i like that they they pull from all walks of life they don't just get all the you know stuffy la celebrities like actors and and singers they you know they pull for, they get some athletes on there they get comedians especially i love that they get comedians i love comedians on there they got 
Uh, Did you see the Idris Elba and how they were able to make that movie? No, no, I have not. I have not. Okay, well, I'm going to have to see that. So, I saw the, the, I especially like the Shaquille O'Neal one. I like the Gordon Ramsay one. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I'm, I have to watch the one with Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. A great comedian. I don't know if you had any, anybody seen him. Uh, go watch him on, on Netflix hey, and stuff. I mean, he is not my non-sponsor yet, but I, you know, he's got his own podcast, Monday Morning Podcast. Everybody, uh, I'm promoting another podcast, my podcast. Hoping, hoping the love will will come back from Bill Burr, please, please. Anyways, uh, actually, he actually he he's been on the Colin Coward show on on Fox Sports One. Uh, so good. He calls him out all the time. Oh, no, he is great. He eviscerates him. I mean, gosh, man. You kind of wish he was on the show all the time just to call him out for everything. Um, anyways, uh, so, yeah, uh, my non-sponsor, I guess, gosh, man. You know what? My non-sponsor is the movie office space. <laughs> all right. So, uh, bit of news, everybody. I'm quitting my job now. I am very, I am very much happy with my decision here. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm fed up, I guess, with where I'm at. I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm tired, and so I, I finally, I, I made the call this month to be like, you know what, it's time for me to move on. You know, I, I, I put in my, I put in my, my time. I, I got experience. I, I did things I never thought I would. And uh, it's time to move on, all right? And I'll, I'll talk about the good times and stuff later on on my own when I'm playing Kirby or something on my other, uh, my own personal YouTube channel. But uh, I had to get myself in the mindset of quitting a job, in the mindset of, of not caring about a place that I'm no longer going to be at. So I decided to watch a, an oldie, but a goodie at this point. And I can't believe a 20-year-old movie is down oldie for me. I'm talking about the movie Office Space, made in 1999, written and created by a senior Mike Judge. If y'all don't know who he is, uh, he created Beavers and Butthead. He also created King of the Hill. Favorite... Damn it, Bobby. Oh, yeah. Damn it, Bobby. Uh, that boy ain't right. I'll tell you what. Propane and propane accessories. So, uh, Office Space... Uh, Oh gosh! Stars Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston, in uh, David Herman. I mean, just Greg, uh, Jack, Greg Cole, or what's his name? What's his name? Uh, the boss. Oh yes. Uh, well, we're gonna go down. We'll, we'll scroll on down. Don't worry. We I have it here on the screen here. Uh, hopefully, I, I get excited up. because he's also. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. So I feel it's very relevant. All right. Yeah, Gary Cole. Gary uh, yeah, Gary Cole. All right, Diedrich Bader is in the movie. Uh, so it just a great, concise movie. It, it look, not all of us work in places that we like. Sometimes we work in places that we we like at some point, and then we just kind of fall out of like for it, like I have for my job. You know, or sometimes you've just been in a job that you've hated for the entire time, and you just realize. You just sit there. You finally get a revelation. You get a revelation like, why am I still here? Why am I busting my ass? Why am I killing myself? Why am I not getting sleep or whatever? Why am I not just happy with my job? All right. You know what? It's time for a change, you know? 
and whatever you know just something clicks in your head or maybe you're you're at a therapist or, or trying to get hypnosis and the guy has a has a heart attack on you and yet you're you enter a, a a peace of mind at that moment and you realize you know all your problems just melt away right there even though the guy's having a heart attack right in front of you yeah your girlfriend has been cheating on you who cares all right you can get another one all right and then you walk into work in a hawaiian shirt not giving a care in the world, three hours late, didn't come in on a Saturday, you know? And you just happen to get a promotion for some reason after that. But you yeah, just, really dark there. yeah, but you just, you just, you realize you don't have to be that way. And this movie is so hilarious. It, it, it touches upon, you know, just sitting at a desk and not, and just mindless work and stuff like that. I, I got into the space, man. I got into the office space, space. I, I just realized, like, I, I will do my work until I finish next week. I will do it to the best of my ability. But that emotional connection, that stress, that that worry, it's gone now, man. And, this, you know, this movie perfectly encapsulates that feeling, all right? Now, I'm not saying everybody has to go out there and quit their jobs because, you know, you got to plan out and stuff like that. But this movie is hilarious. And uh, it's still relevant to this day. I mean, it's not like... You know, there's not like anything like, oh, flip phone, <laughs> that's funny nowadays. No, it's not that. It's not that, you know. You know they have printers and stuff, you know. It's, it's still relatable. Go watch it, guys. I'm, I'm not going to put the trailer on screen, but. Woo! Promo code. Yeah. I forgot mine, so what's yours? Oh, uh, promo code. Oh, gosh, I got to think of a line from the movie. Think of yours while I'm, oh, I'm doing mine, but uh, promo code. What's. Oh, TPS reports. Hmm. My promo code, Snakebitten. All right. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All righty then. Yeah. And uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, I should have said Pieces of Flair. That was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. All right. Second half of the show, uh, we're going to do the rundown of the games going on right now. Nationals are up 2 nothing. Look at that. Justin oh, Verlander. Oh, Justin Verlander is on the mound. It's only the first inning, guys. So what kind of juice are those balls having? Orange juice? Mm. Like full of I, I, I am watching the game right now. As Drupal Cabrera is up. There's a guy on second base. I'm not sure who's on second right now. I think it might be Rendon. I'm not even sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. And uh, NHL action, the Ottawa Senators are actually winning. That's that's odd. Pens and Lightning are scoreless starting their game just now on NBC Sports. It's a national game, so uh, good on them. And uh, NBA action right now. Boston and Philly, good game. 17-14 right now. Uh, We've got uh, a lot of other games on tap. Uh, D.C. versus Dallas. New York versus San Antonio. OKC and Utah. Let's see right here. Bulls and Hornets are at the half. 63-53. Hornets on top. The Pistons and the Pacers, I think they're finishing up and going into halftime. 54-55. Pretty good game to start out the season. The, uh, gosh, I was almost said the Indians, but uh, the, the Cavaliers and the Magic, 55-37 Magic right now. Uh, the Wolves and the new-look Brooklyn Nets losing 25-20 to in the first quarter. And the new-look, well, I don't know if you would say new-look, but it's 2020 right now between the Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies, 3-16 in the first quarter. Whew. So... Uh, let's see. 
So we talked about baseball. I guess we can talk about basketball guy. I mean, we are on basketball right now. So basketball uh, guys. Okay. Basketball guys. Okay. So uh, we had the opening of the season last night. Um, I'm going to go on the search screen right now while I look up the Toronto Raptors banner and their ring. Uh, Charles, I didn't get to see the game. I didn't get to see the game. I, I, the Pelicans put up a fight. Yes, and it was kind of expected. This is a new look uh, Pelicans. It's basically the Lakers cast-offs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Lakers cast-offs trying to show that they're a cohesive team on Malcolm Gentry versus they, you know, the, uh, you're not good enough for me, Kawhi Leonard-list Raptors um, with Pascal Siakam just kind of showing you that he's a grown man now, mm, mm-hmm. basically. I, I thought it was a good game. He had what, 34 points? 34 points. Him, him, and, him and Van Vliet both at 34. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but, you know, who didn't do good? Kyrie. Or not Kyrie, but Kyle Lowry. Mm. Um, not, not for a spoiler for anybody there, but Pascal, because I got beyond the now. 34 points, 18 rebounds, uh, five assists. You know, he, he was kind of putting in work. He was accurate from the line when he was hit to the foul line. And 11 and 26 isn't bad for somebody who about – six months ago was the third option hell i would even say the fourth option coming into the playoffs in general because that line of that arsenal for um toronto was expected to be Kawhi, kyle and then mark gasol with a little bit of serge Ibaka to lead the way and then it became his team it's what happens man not an opportunity and responsibility knock on your door francisco you have no choice but to answer it uh mark itself is kind of like transitioning into that I'm just an old man defender who's not going to get points on the defensive force. Kyle Lowry was atrocious. He had 22 points. But here's the thing about basketball, you guys. If you focus too much on the points you score and you forget the fact that the guy went 4 or 15 in the field goal and 3-11 at the three-point line, you understand that he's garbage. Yeah. For Van Vliet, doing good. I actually assume that he's going to take that starting uh, guard spot at some point. I think he's actually the shooting guard, so... He was playing a little bit between between the six man, but I think that like they had since everybody kind of left, they did some other stuff. Maybe him and Lowry are gonna go one two for a while. Yeah. And on the Pelican side, aka the New Orleans Lakers, um, everybody kind of thumbs Zion's out. We got questions. Six about that. six to eight weeks. Yep. We'll comment on that in a second after this briefing. But everybody else at the cast-offs did what they could. They were in the game for the most of the time. Tied. You get to OT, folks. You know, both teams kind of doing it. Uh, J.J. Redick doing the Great White Hope kind of thing of just shooting threes like a beast. Brandon Ingram just trying to be the second you know, leader on that team. And, and if anything, the de facto leader, I would say. Just because Zion is the high-prized, you know, toy the high shiny toy right he's still a rookie brand ingram was playing pretty good for the lakers i, I like yeah I, I like ingram as as kind of the gritty i mean i don't know the the the, the, the soul of the team i would say well i mean while we see yeah, whether yeah i mean we we haven't seen zion we, we have not seen him all right he's just uh we'll get to him in a second so um we can say ingram's a proven commodity though four years into the league yeah 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 he's 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 played he's played he he's he's played minutes, all right. He's played he's put in he's put in his time, all right. He's established at this point. Four years? Yeah, that's a veteran. That's a veteran right there. Well, that's a veteran. You know he. You know what's ironic though, because I just caught this out. Last year they had Julius Randle, who was former Laker, and then he left New York. Now they have three other former Lakers. Yeah. Magic doesn't know how to handle his team. Oh um, gosh. 
other comments that kind of hit on it. It's, it's just too easy now, and I really kind of feel like I'm kicking this person because it's something I've been thinking for the last couple of years. I feel like Ralph, not Ralph, but the Simpsons gift was stopping. He's already dead, but Lonzo Ball, uh. not really impressing. This could have been a new look thing. Alvin Gentry, this is the coach who was loving Phoenix when he was there for a bit, and then also Steve Kerr's assistant. Um, but 25 minutes, two or seven, okay, fine. He's not a shooter. Two or three or three points, but I think I, I think the I would say I don't know. People are expecting Lonzo. He's not. He might just have to be a traditional point guard in the the old sense. You know, just just move the ball, find guys, and and, and create things like that. Um, Does him and Drew Holiday even work though as a tandem? Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're pro- they're probably gonna have to make some decisions regarding that at this point. Um, especially, I mean, you can move him. You can just move him. You know, you just be like, "Yep, he's a bust." All right, it's over. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I got on screen here. We've got the uh, Toronto Raptors ring design. Actually, Ooh, sexy. It's yeah, it's it's unique. They've got the the North Chevron, you know, we the North. That's their mantra. Uh, you've got the um, I guess that's an NBA trophy smack dab in the middle. You've got the Toronto skyline. I've never seen that before. I've never seen this like the the city represented by like a skyline or any sort of thing Biggest like that. Biggest ring in sports history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they they put in all those funny looking Canadian dollars into into this ring here, and I I don't know if I can't tell the design on the bottom. I think that's their arena. I think they kind of mix the arena with the uh, NBA trophy. There to kind of make the that's like pride. give the silhouettes of the um, well, it's the the Scotia Bank arena it's not the air canada center anymore um yeah so and so that's their their ring design then we've got their other stuff here chris creamer has he's he's in toronto so he's got all the all the merch and stuff out there their their nba championship uh hats and stuff we've got their uh they've got a gold logo for this season because to celebrate their uh their championship they've got these um they have these shirts here Displaying their the original Raptors logo with an NBA trophy in its in its in its hand there. I like that. Let's uh, talk about that real quickly. Aren't you disappointed that they didn't find a way to put that kind of design on a ring? Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping like to see a Raptor like an actual dinosaur on there because I love dinosaurs. But uh, whatever, you know they'll use it in their marketing anyways at the very least. And then you've got their uh, their championship banner, which um, I mean simple. Toronto Raptors, it's a nice shiny gold film that they got there. They actually said world champions in this, all right? Not NBA champions, uh, which a lot of teams have been using lately. They A lot of teams don't use the world champion moniker anymore. Like, even in baseball, they just they say world series champion. They don't say world champions. Um, and the NHL, it's Stanley Cup champions. And um, I think maybe in football and the NFL, they still use world champions because, really, it's the only sport. That's uh, yeah. that's playing, that so, um, I I mean I, I like it I like that they use world champions. Uh, some people have something against it. Oh, it's not the world champion. They didn't face any other team. I'm like, really? I actually made the, made a comment to somebody on that on the sports goofs um, um, Twitter account. Like I put world champions in 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 uh, in. Uh, Gosh, quotation marks with like the eye roll emoji, and I just put, I doubt Panathinaikos OPAP of Greece of the Greek basketball league would have beaten the Raptors in a seven-game series. <laughs> you know, 
that and the further that point into that argument is that until like America does a lot more in the Olympics and other kind of world sports, let's have our cake and eat it too. All right, exactly. Or let Canada have its cake. All right, let's. This is Canada. They're saying we are the world champions. All right, we're the Canadian team. We have the championship. All right, let them have it. You know, let them have everybody it. Everybody knows where you're coming from. It's synonymous. You understand when they say world champions in baseball, you're really just meaning. The MLB. When you're saying exactly. basketball champions, you don't mean the NBA. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to get another team unless, you know, unless you start. Uh, only soccer. Only soccer has, like, that. They have, like, a Champions League and stuff. Only soccer can actually have that type of uh, claim if you're, you know, have a Champions League series between champions of different leagues facing each other. All right. But you're not going to get that in the NBA. You're just not. You're not going to get that in basketball. You're not even going to get that in hockey. And it could, it could happen in hockey, really. But really but even th- but even then, I I mean, maybe a series against the KHL team might be intriguing enough. But I still would I would pick the Stanley Cup champion over them anyways because their players in Russia are coming here to play, you know. So all the best players from the world are coming over here for basketball, baseball, and hockey, the international sports you would say. Not you know NFL is different uh, to come play here. So yeah, world champions, go ahead. Use the moniker, you know. Um, all right, so that's the Raptors uh, championship banners. All right, uh, more on this New Orleans uh, uh, Pelicans thing. All right, so Zion, he's out. He's out six to eight weeks. Now everybody's coming up with the questions as to is he too big for his own good, you know? Is he going to be another big man? Is he going to be Greg Oden 2.0? All right, everybody fears that. <laughs> you don't want that to happen, all right? The Blazers have already been burned by high draft picks like that. The Pelicans don't want to do the same, all right? Um, Charles Barkley made the point. I saw he said that he was like like 300 pounds or something coming out of Auburn when he was playing, and then he had to actually lose weight in order to play in the NBA. Uh, and he was a rebound machine at Auburn anyways. Um that he might just have to lose weight. It's not. It's not a knock against Zion because Zion doesn't. Zion's not fat. All right. Uh, let's press. Right? Yeah, I, I forgot what his what his um, his weigh in and, and height for the NBA officially is right now. I mean, I'll check as you're doing that. Yeah, we can check. But Zion Williamson is definitely not out of shape. Uh, I don't think anybody's claiming that. All right, the guy is just a massive dude. He is a massive dude that is. Um, that's carrying a lot of weight on that body, and much like six seven to eighty four. Okay, six seven to eighty four. All right, that is a very large man, and much like uh, uh, giant anime mech vehicles. All right, they have weak knees. All right, basketball players have weak knees. All right, you, you go for the knees if if you're fighting a giant anime mech, you go for the knees. That's their weak point. Same thing for NBA players. Um, so in order to alleviate that, I think Zion, yeah, could stand, keep the muscle. He can have his muscle, right? You know, but he, he stand to be a little leaner just to be able to, hey, it might quicken him up and, you know, just find some durability, dude. All right. I mean, you think about it. LeBron was kind of a beefy boy for a while. I mean, he was I mean, skinny, but when he got into his man body... I, I change. I keep changing his diet. That's why he's healthier but now. I, I've, but I've never seen like LeBron isn't as bulky as Zion. I would say. I don't know. I don't would know. Would you say the next best comparable thing that isn't Chuck? 
to me is Shaq. Is Shaq? Well, Shaq. Well, Shaq when he came out of college was pretty thin. All right. I mean, not thin like you know, like uh, uh, like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing, but yeah, I guess Shaq would be the best comparable um, player in that sense. Of course, Shaq is just. I don't know. Shaq is a very hard player to compare to because he's kind of a one of a kind thing. You know, mm-hmm. the NBA has never seen had never seen a player like that before. I'd never seen one since, you know. So yeah. so Howard maybe. I think maybe it, more I I think if uh yeah, I think if Zion Williamson could have like a Dwight Howard type of uh conditioning, I, I, he will last in the league cuz Dwight Howard has lasted in the league. Right. I mean, because I'm looking at Zion now more so than I ever want to look at his own photos. But you know, yeah, he, like big dude, you know, big dude. But he's not, like, there's a picture that I'm looking at right now where he's wearing a typical white tee, um, a cut shirt, and I'm like, this this guy could probably be like an honest wrestler in the Greek Olympians, man. So Greek Olympics. So I don't know. Sometimes what I mean, but he's heavy versus he's fat. So I don't know. Like it, it's just. It's the style of play when you think about it. And I think that's what we're all kind of joking around on um, at a food capitalist side. I, I, I accidentally clicked on it. I thought it was like a legitimate photo of him. I'm like, no. No, that's perfect. Oh, my God. That's uh, like he's a fast break, slam it down kind of guy. And no matter what the way, it's going to have guys. I've been, I run like four miles at the treadmill while I'm at the gym because I got a sweating shape and my knee wants to pop out. And I'm not that heavy. Um, it wear and tear happens to all people yeah. at all times. Maybe, yeah, so, okay, so it may not just be that. It just, maybe it's his style of play. Maybe it's a little too extreme. I don't know. Maybe you can hold, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to reel those guys back. It really is. But, uh, uh, sorry, I mean, um, uh, like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade or, just scored a two hit run, by the way. So it's two two now. Yeah, I'm seeing the bottom of the screen right now. Okay, so um, like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade used to be run and gun, flash, just hit the. F- I mean, he would. I'm su- I, I'm surprised he had, he hasn't had concussions and stuff like that. I mean, he used to fall down on the floor so hard, like he was just doing all these acrobatics and stuff like that. And but he had to change his game. He had to just well, just to stay in the league. Too. Those ankles and knees, Matt. Exactly. He doesn't have an ACL at one of his knees, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. Because he's a real man, folks. So, I don't know. Once again, we haven't seen. Maybe this. Uh, maybe it's like Tommy John surgery. It's pro- precautionary. It'll just happen. Well, you know. Let's talk. Let's talk about the hypocrisy of Beth. We're okay. gonna poo on Zion Williams because he was a generational first pick in the draft for getting injured when we have. Blake uh, Griffin, who broke his foot in the preseason, then played all. He had an okay. Career. I mean, I, on the now. I, I, I'm not pooing on him. I just think no, you know. I think you, I, right. I, 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 mean. I think. Well, some people are pooing on him. Uh, I, I kind of come from the Charles Barkley sense, where it's like, you know, we, we really want to see you play. Like he's a good guy. Like he's like genuinely a good human being. You know, he it doesn't seem like he has that prima donna type of attitude as the first round pick in the nba you know so it'd be really nice to see him um i guess he would ache it to him like when Dwayne wade came in you know Dwayne wade wasn't a prima donna or anything like that and you know he you know he uh, i i kind of see zion in the same you know humility type of sense i think people just want to see him succeed and 
Hopefully he doesn't get injured. We don't want to see him be Greg Oden. That's just the big thing. I don't want to see him be Greg Oden, you know? Well, we just want him to succeed. And I, I mean, I think that's also how we feel about a lot of these young cats coming in is that, listen, the hype, no matter what you think, whether it was wanted, at some point the hype was earned. Yeah. Um, because you've earned it in that sense. It's one year you have a lot of NBA players who are like top picks in the draft who don't make it to the first year. Not just Blake Griffin, but let's talk about Joel Embiid. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. A few others. Granted, they didn't all go one. Joel was number three. But the point that I'm making these phenomenal players got a little bit development later. Sounds going like six to eight weeks to it. It's not like his season is done. They'll come back right. slower. Two yeah, months. I know. But he'll be back when he'll be back when NBA really matters, and that's like December, or early January. So the fan perfect for Charles. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sucks for the Pelicans. I'm sure they had a lot yeah. of tickets, you know, people lining up to go. But whatever. All right. So all right. So uh, let's move on from the first game of yesterday. So when we had the second game, I saw the second game. I saw pretty much the entirety of the second game. Um, the Lakers and the Clippers. That Clippers bench. Man, that is good bench. They have a great Very bench. bench. Oh yeah. Ooh, those guys coming off that bench. Wow. That's what uh, Paul George playing today too. Yeah. Playing yesterday. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Paul George is not playing yet. Um, and Kawhi, uh, in the face of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Kawhi made a statement last night. All right. Uh, aside from the fact that he is a Terminator, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a great great trailer or collab that they did um aside from that uh and, and man those guys make arnold schwarzenegger look short my god he looks like a midget and he's like six foot two I mean, arnold schwarzenegger is not a, a small guy you know and he's like 70 years old now but still um anyways uh he had a a statement game like lebron ad this is all right, so 70% of the arena is against us, all right? That was a Lakers home game, <laughs> okay? That was a Lakers home game. There were more Lakers fans there than there were Clippers fans. And yeah, he's like, so what? You got more fans than us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the Clippers your worst nightmare. I got a better bench. I got a better coach, all right? And I'm a better player than you guys right now. Both of you combined. I can beat you. I don't even need Paul George tonight. I'll take care of you myself. I already took down the Warriors. I already took you down, LeBron, a few years ago. All right, I'm, 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 I'm a Terminator. I'm, I'm a mercenary. All right, all right, I'm an NBA mercenary. I, I don't care. I go to the highest bidder. All right, and I will take you out. I take down dynasties. I take down potential dynasties. I am Kawhi Leonard. I am the best player in the game, and he did it. That man did it. All right, and. And the Clippers did it, man. I, I, there was a, there was a stretch in the game around the third period, a uh, third quarter. I was gonna say period. I've got the NHL in my mind still. Um, third quarter, when LeBron sat out and the Lakers with Anthony Davis on the floor made a very, very good run uh, to to actually tie the game, to tie the game, and I think they might have taken the lead for a bit. Uh, and it looked like the the Clippers were gonna unravel, but then, um, you know. They they reeled it back in. Kawhi reeled them back in, and uh, even with LeBron and Anthony Davis on the floor, they were able to extend that lead. LeBron made a lot of mistakes that that last quarter of the game. I think he might have been pushing a little too much to to make things happen because you know LeBron's very good. He has a great eye for for the court, uh, finds guys when you wouldn't think he would find them. You know he's great passing the ball, 
So um, he might have tried to make things happen a little too much there. But, uh, uh, I mean, he still had a great game. Uh, Anthony Davis actually had a pretty good debut as a Laker. Um, but it's clear that the Lakers don't have as deep of a team. They are top-heavy. I think they're top-heavy. I think they, they just have AD and LeBron, and they thought the rest will sort itself out. But not in the Western Conference. Not with the Clippers, who made the playoffs last season with a with very much that same team except the superstar, added two two superstars, and have a have a better coach, have a better coach and uh, and and an owner who is willing who who doesn't have all the drama that the that the Lakers ownership has surprisingly, so I the Clippers made a big statement like hey we're. You know, this is a Lakers town, but we're the L.A. team of this season right now. So, good on them. Good on them. Um, now, I don't know if they... All right, so who would you say is the West favorite? Do you think the Warriors or do you think it's the Clippers? Uh, I, I can't say the Clippers yet. I can't I can't say the Clippers yet because uh, we haven't seen them with Paul George. We haven't seen that dynamic yet. And uh, I don't know. Do you think it's Houston? Well, here's the thing people need to realize. That Clippers team is not built to beat you by scoring. It's built to beat you by just destroying defensively with yeah. Kawhi, oh, yeah. Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. And they're hoping on Sweet Lou to be a, a nice little smooth man to help them. Oh, he was Sweet Lou last night. That was for oh, sure. he was good. He was muy bueno. So there's two, three teams I can see coming into the top of it. One being Denver, and the reason why is because mm. they didn't lose anybody. So by That's true. concepts of carryover, you didn't lose anybody, and Jokic should be still kind of in his element. And um, they, you know, they already made the playoffs. They might have, you know, all right, we know we made some mistakes at the end. You know, they, you know, they got the experience at the very least. Yeah, so that, that's one of them. I'd say the top class. Uh, the reason why with the venture Houston is because. They've, they've lost some depth. They don't have a lot of depth in there. There's no Joe Green. But Petty Russ is still something that I think can will himself <laughs> to do him something great with Harden. I mean, it's probably going to be a pseudo-disaster for a bit. I mean, look, there's two things that can happen in Houston. Either it all works or it doesn't work and Mike D'Antoni's fired midseason. Mm-hmm. There is really no in or out at this point, I feel. You're, you're too in deep, man. You're too, you've been you've been dating for six years. If you don't propose, you gotta leave. That that's how it feels here. Mm. Um, Golden State, listen, you already know my feelings. I personally think just tank. It's okay. Clay will be back next year. The NBA awards tanking. So, you know, a lot of the players get a good year off rest from having the finals all the time. You get excellent pick, and you make something happen. But they won't because they're not cowards like me or not great strategists like me. But it'll work there. The other team, and it's because I want to believe in them because I like their coach. I like who they trade for. The other team who I think can come out as class of the West is Utah. Mm. We traded it for Mike Conley. You have now a legitimate, an actual, a real freaking point guard. You guys, it got something going on there. You don't have to rely on the Dante Exums of the world or the Ricky Rubio for just cup of coffee guys who can't score you have a dependable leader a guy who you know was a little bit injured but now he doesn't have to carry the load because guys he was carrying that load pretty heavy and pretty hard in memphis yeah especially in that final year but you know you look at who they they built up they have mike Connolly's there 
Rudy Gobert cannot cry, hopefully, this season about not coming uh, in. But hey, whatever. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Donovan Mitchell. Of course. Load ease up on him. Apparently, they got Emmanuel Moutier. Not a big name, but it's depth. So it's something that you go work into it. Um, I'm just going to see other stuff. Jeff Green, who is Mr. Journeyman, Mr. Scorer. Not going to scare people, but having a second unit in the West on your bench is just as important to having great starters. If that, you can have above average a bench, you right. have a great chance of making it. Ex- exactly why I think the Clippers are, at the very least, ahead of the Lakers. Um, yeah. Oh, they're way, I would say they're ahead of that one for sure. Yeah, so even though the Lakers, once again, the Lakers um, without LeBron, uh, I guess with that, um, with just Anthony Davis and Florida and whatever guys were with him at that point, made a pretty good run of it in that third quarter but it might have just been the clippers kind of uh a little gassed you know it's the first game of the season a lot of emotions a lot of high energy you know it might have been some jitters at the end but then they reeled it back in um all right um okay so actually let's uh, let me look down at the scores again uh we got halftime here once again minnesota up 68 56 on brooklyn memphis is beating the heat 56-40, actually 56-49 now. Uh, Boston up 48-43. And uh, it's 2-2 in the World Series right now in the second. It's only the second inning um, between the Nats and the Astros. All right. Um, all right, Charles. Uh, let's see. We are at 142 mark. Um, you know what? Let's let's head on over to your cage, dude. So, uh, all right. So, um, big things have happened in wrestling since, uh, media-wise especially, uh, since we were last on. All right, uh, October 4th happened, big day October 4th, um, because AEW finally started, uh, was it, um, uh, there uh, on, on TNT, yeah, the TNT premiere. So, um, you know, they have Wednesday Night Dynamite. I, I love that name. I love that name. I love the, I just like alliteration. I like rhyming. I like stuff like that. You know, uh, but of course, Fox uh, has uh, debuted WWE, and they have uh, been promoting it pretty hard, actually. Um, right and y'all, re- y'all have to remember, uh, behind Fox is a uh, is a big old mouse called Disney. So remember that. Remember there was a big old sale about that. So they've got a lot of money, a lot of arm to to really promote there. So it's just um, media giants combining at this point. Uh, but uh, all right, Charles. Sorry, that's that's my little spiel. I'm beginning with 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 wrestling because it's one of the few things I actually could actually say something about. But you are the guru, so go ahead. Once again, welcome everybody to the Cage with Charles, your weekly true picks and all the things that have been going on in the wrestling world. Just like the uh, you know the Brady Bunch, it's just keep growing, you guys. We have new enclosures for another woman that I fell in love with. It's AEW is always going to kind of be in that vibe because October fourth, day Wednesday night, Dynamite premiered on TNT. It's on right now. If you're not watching the World Series and you want to get a little bit of taste of the bubbly, as Chris Jericho will say, from eight to ten on TNT, they have the rewatches at ten p.m. They also have something called AEW Dark on Tuesday where you get to see the dark matches. I love Francisco, not you, but I love you, you're great, but I love Francisco, I love me a little bit of competition, because I love to kind of see the figureheads try to create a planet. Competition is great, man. Competition is great. It's been kind of crazy, because WWE is very kind of messed up. They ruined the fiend. 
They ruined the guy I love because I had the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I will spare you the crying details and the cursing and the head scratching and what happened at the end of the Hell in a Cell. Bray Wyatt, the fiend. I call him the fiend. I don't do my calls. Like, Bray Wyatt, the fiend. I'm like, no, he's the fiend. It's yeah. an alter ego, it's personality. Versus don't Seth Rollins ends in a stoppage. How the hell do you have a stoppage in a Hell in a Cell match, man, where anything goes? They try to put a media spin onto it. Oh, you know, he couldn't defend himself. He had to take care of the person. I'm like, no, you can't break away the element of wrestling. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet. It is a song that you are pulsing to and gyrating and has storylines come in where they're fighting the championships for for love of others, Rusev and Bobby Lashley. I love that storyline. It's trash, but I love it. Or just the spirit of competition. But now it's a new kind of competition because I basically get four days worth of wrestling. And you know what? It's something going in the background. Um, what I have on Mondays is Monday Night Raw. What I got on Wednesdays is AEW Dynamite. I watch it. It's fine. I get NXT on USA on Wednesdays, but it, it's on the it's on the WWE Network, which you get for nine ninety nine a month. I just watch it on Thursdays or during the weekend. It saves me thirty minutes of commercials, my personal opinion. And I get Friday Night SmackDown. So where does that bring us up to speed? What are the things you need to look out for, guys? Well, Crown Jewel is next week. That is the Saudi Arabia pay per view. Blood money, blood money. That <laughs> is going to be whole. They're going to be doing a couple things, such as the rematch between Stephanie and The Fiend in a fault count anywhere match for Lincoln stop. Well, what's going to happen then? You're either going to have Bray take the belt from himself and go on this cataclysmic run that I would love. I don't think I'll be happy to you ruin it. an excellent character. I've invested in since summertime. Or you're going to have Seth win the belt by some kind of shenanigans or win it back and retain by some kind of shenanigans and ruin a character that I have invested in and love, make him look weak. I just can't commit to that anymore. You have Team Flair versus Team Hogan because, you know, they kind of love that old school over there. It's what they've done for every kind of Saudi Arabia match. The last thing they did was Goldberg versus Undertaker, and we know what happened there. NXT has been very good. I will tell you that now. Them shifting from an hour to a two-hour uh, program hasn't really hurt anything. The only thing that hurts for me is that I still feel they need to kind of build some guys better because, remember, NXT used to be the developmental. So you always had the cream of the cross, but then there's a little bit, you're looking for the diamonds in the rough. It's kind of tough. Friday Night SmackDown, they're really trying to make you love Cain Velasquez. You know, he's been against Brock Lesnar in his WWE championship at Crown Jewel. Okay, so, so hold, on, hold on, Charles. So now, now that I've – okay, I educated you on hockey, all right? A bit okay. today. All right, so you got to educate me on, on wrestling, all right? So you're telling me – there's a developmental kind of like how do the shows work? Because I know you have SmackDown, I know you got Raw, I know now you have Dynamite, you have uh, AW Dark. I mean, um, why are there different shows? Why are there different names for the? Why isn't it just like you know, uh, like I'm the, glad you asked. Exactly. Please explain that to me because I've never understood what it signifies that okay, this guy's only on SmackDown, this guy's only on Raw, this guy's on Dynamite, this guy's on whatever. Like, I mean, that doesn't matter where you're placed in whichever show, whichever card. I'm not even sure how you explain it, but or how it's how it's the terminology. Yes, no possibly. So I'm gonna go with the AEW because it's the easiest thing to explain. All right. AEW Dynamite is the live weekly single true show so propelled to their views excellence uh, full gear in baltimore okay in okay so aw dynamite and brand and yes okay AW so dark. Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
Okay, sorry. So on AEW Dynamite, that's like their that's their premiere show. That's their yes. That's their like um, trying to make a, a comparison like um, oh, like Monday Night Football. All right, Monday Night Football. That's the premiere uh, game for the NFL every week. I'll give you a better example, Francisco. Okay. AEW Dynamite. You know what it is? It's your Grey's Anatomy. And AEW <laughs> Dark is that spinoff, The Private Practice. Okay. With that one lady. That works too. But that, that but you get where I'm going here, right? Yeah, I, I get where you're going. Time matters, and one really doesn't, and that's why Grey's Anatomy is like season 14, mm-hmm. and and then Private Practice was canceled, and whatever you want to call it. AEW Dark is the dark matches. Dark matches are just there to get the crowd hot for the actual TV show being televised. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that you watch for people who are coming into. So there's dark matches that happen before the upper show begins for the people who get there early. And then there's dark matches that happen at after the show's done for the crowd to stay home. WWE does it as well, but they didn't they do not broadcast the uh, the dark matches. But AEW so, does. Okay. It's so- an hour television more. Okay, so the dark matches. All right, so um, I'm trying to understand. So dark matches are kind of preseason. Okay, or, or like in um, like in a like the Olympic tournament. It's like the qualifying matches type of thing. Sure, for AEW does because they even their dark matches. Now, mind you, in regular wrestling, dark matches and live events have no bearings on actual storylines. AEW mm. says that dark matches still affect wins losses. Okay. So. I think it's a way for them to effect, effectively show talent growth that they have and also get an additional hour of television. I mean, the ratings are, I know the ratings are for AW Dynamite and all the other ones. I don't know how Dark has done, but I think it's more for an enticement to bring people in. And look, it's an hour thing to find everything that, that works. But do I view it as inconsequential on the concept of dark matches? Yes, because my, my whole thought process is if the matches still matter, even though they're taped and they're not live. So what happened last Wednesday for AEW Dark is what's broadcast this Tuesday. That's that's a, a clear delineation here. Um, but if they say it matters, why wouldn't you just tack on a third hour onto Dynamite? I understand programming, TNT, it's kind of tough too, especially this time of the year, because with the sports going on, everything's on Bleacher Report until it comes back. I mm-hmm. digress. But okay. that's really the distinction between Dynamite and Dark. It's a way I feel to get more talent out there, because... On the dark matches, you even have guys who matter, such as Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and even Cody on there. And usually dark matches might be reserved for the new talent to get interviewed and then for just to keep the crowd hot and ready for the actual television show. And then afterwards, stands there as a thank you. For the WWE world, I, I, I will try to explain this the best I can because it's kind of tough. Okay, so okay, so uh, all right, so AEW has two, two has, has the dark shows and has the dynamite, all right? So I just want to okay. So that's that. All right. So WWE. Um, all right. So let me let me ask you because I, I was at the Panthers game and they were advertising that um, they're having WWE. Like I don't know when it's coming. I'm not even sure. You probably know. You probably know. Um, but they're they're gonna have it at the BB&T Center here. So what is? I mean, is that gonna be like a show that's gonna be televised or I'm not even sure. It depends. It could be a live event. You know, because they do live event tours, because that's how they get a percentage of the revenue. Mm. WWE gets their money through four ways, you guys. The television, the apparel. Okay. You know, video games will have a don't buy WWE 2K20, you guys. I've heard it's really broken. <laughs> um, and then the live events that come in. I have gone to live events. 
for SmackDown. I've gone to live events for NXT, and I've gone to actual televised SmackDown, which was fun for Charles. Um, so live events, if you hear live events, right? So they come to BB&T, but it's not on a Monday, Francisco. Yeah, they said li- Yeah, it was like WWE Live or whatever, yeah. Yeah, that's a live event. It means nothing happens in the basis of the story. The reason why they do live events, too, is for your purposes, because they'll have some guys who are feuding against each other rest mm-hmm. on those live events so they can figure out the chemistry. They can figure out the dance, you guys. They can figure out, do I dip her low or dip her half? So it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a, a dress rehearsal that they charge for. Yes, and you know what? I actually do thoroughly enjoy the live events for two reasons. One, there's really no promos mm-hmm. going on that much, so you don't have things eaten up by TV time by guys or girls speaking and furthering storylines. You get matches. And the matches also can kind of be good, and they kind of amp up um, for people. Like the live event that I went to uh, a long, long time ago was AJ Styles against John Cena against Jinder Mahal in a no-DQ match, and that was pretty damn good. And then the TV show I went to, you know, the one that was recorded was Kofi Kingston teaming with Kevin Owens versus Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan. And that was fine too. But TV quality is supposed to kind of whet your appetite, so you want to do the paper. You never, the rule of thumb is this every now and then give the viewers a good TV show match, but you want to keep it average and adequate and get the storylines to further them out to want to watch the pay per view when they have supposedly free reign. Okay. All right. That's so, me if I was propelling it to you okay. and explaining it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right. So that's, those are the, okay. So now, okay. Explain to me how, how the distribution of, the shows work for WWE because I've heard okay. you know, Raw and SmackDown and you know all that type of stuff. I got you. In the beginning, there was just Raw. <laughs> <And> then <laughs> there was light. <laughs> Let there be light. Get, get, get to a Raw, right? Yeah. And then they got bigger. They had a second network, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't talk about the failed experiment that is the ECW revival, but it's been Raw and SmackDown for a long time. Those are spearheaded by Vince McMahon. There's a talent of rosters in the WWF, WWE, that's like over 60 people. So instead of putting, I mean, granted, today's problems, concerns is that you're not even utilizing the roster, but I'll get that on a different segment because mm-hmm. I don't have three hours right now. Mm-hmm. But Come on, not, not everybody plays Ice Climber and Smash Brothers. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but, uh, you know, there's select brands that have specific titles, so it's their own thing. Every now and then you have a world's kind of collide. So I think the best way I can kind of explain it maybe to you on the possibility the realm of understanding is and i think this is kind of relevant whenever they clash against each other such as survivor series or royal rumble think of it like the olympics right you know you know team america versus team whatever right okay you have okay so we talked about um hockey you have the nhl and then you have the khl right right but there's some you know olympic hockey guys for america going from there and some guys in russia or canada mm-hmm. right so that, that's really what it is. that's i think the best way it's treated as being sometime and i say sometimes loosely because mind you this is still scripted so it changes a little bit okay. um that it can flew it out but raw has its own specific titles the universal title the u.s title the raw tag team championships the raw women's tag or women's championship and then so, smackdown so that's kind of like in in boxing where they have you know different uh, divisions cool. and, and, and all that stuff. Right, okay. Yeah, and then SmackDown has similar things. SmackDown has a WWE Championship, uh, has the Intercontinental Championship, the respective SmackDown Women's title, respective SmackDown Tag title. NXT was Triple H's baby. 
NXT was H's responsibility because he is the actual son-in-law of Vince mm -hmm. McMahon. Which is currently airing on USA right now, actually. So new, currently it was airing on USA right now, and yeah. instead I'm talking about it. <laughs> um, so what it was is a developmental to bring in people who, because newsflash, you just don't become a wrestler overnight, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's the way to bring people into touring, the way to bring people into um, the way of the ring, you know, H is always trying to get people outside the box. He wants former, you know, football players. Uh, Tino Sabatelli, who was also Sally Piscatelli, a safety for the Buccaneers, is in that thing. Former huh. gymnasts, former military people, people who had that potential, they use, they develop. And then you have the wrestlers who were wrestling in the Indies or who had wrestled with WWE before and they came back a la Drew McIntyre. And what happened was it got so big that, you know, USA realized they were losing SmackDown. So they said, hey, if you do NXT Live, NXT used to be a tape show. Um, so they said, hey, you know, let's put you on live. So USA, with the help of all the, because NXT used to be on the WWE Network only for $9.99 a month. Okay. Um, NXT kind of built its own repertoire because they had their own pay-per-views. They were excellent. I enjoyed it. They had the NXT UK brand, which I don't talk a lot often because I'm not crazy about it. But it's, you know, Vince's manifest destiny of taking control of every <laughs> kind of wrestling country in that sense soon he's trying to do nxt japan we'll mm -hmm. talk about that one day mm. um but it, it nxt has earned its elevation the ratings show differently because everybody's watching AEW dynamite and then nxt is only averaging about like under a million whereas AEW dynamite is averaging about 2.5 million yeah because you're going um, up against their premiere show yeah and well you know not even just that but you know there's actual there's actual like former wwe cast-offs mm. on AEW that people are investing in pack ah. John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, Cody Rhodes, Goldust, all these guys. And then on NXT is you have to really be invested the way I've been invested to know these guys' names. Because for every Johnny Gargano, there's a – and please, no insult to Boa, but then there's a Boa. And Boa's kind of lame. Okay. Hey, okay. Uh, question has popped up now that you mentioned that. All right, so you said there are some cast-offs yeah. from the WWE that are, are in AEW right now. Okay. So yes. now these guys have their their characters, their personas, or, or what have you. Can they translate those to AEW, like, or is it kind of like a copyright thing, you know? Um, they can't. It depends. Like, okay, you know who they are, but you're not gonna take it. Dean Ambrose is not gonna be Dean Ambrose mm. in you know AEW. He's gonna be John Moxley. And I'll give you a better example because it doesn't even translate to AEW. I mean, granted, what Vince has been trying to do is set up the guys who want to leave with five-year contracts so just so AEW doesn't get them. But <laughs> it's like a bad cast, cell phone bill. Cast. It's like a bad cell phone contract. You're stuck pretty, for this for two years. Pretty, yeah, but pretty much. And because he, he, there was that fear, what if they became better? Because that's a similar situation happened in WCW. Hogan left, Nash left, Hall left, the Steiners went over to WCW. You don't want to see people see actually that the grass is green on the other side. Mm -hmm. So you know, there are certain copyright names like Enzo is now you know just Zo. Big Cass is now Cass XL. You know Neville isn't Neville. He's not Adrian Neville anymore. He's Pat, which was his wrestling name beforehand. John Moxley was John Moxley before he became WWE because you're given different set of characters. Very rarely, like for the longest time, Cody Rhodes when he went off to go do his own thing at Impact Ring of Honor in New Japan couldn't use the Rhodes name. He was only known mm. as Cody. Okay. That's the trademark. And that's Vince kind of being a, a DB. But here's the thing. Dusty Rose's real name was Runnels. So I can kind of get that too if, if hey, we as a business have that patented out. 
Um, it's just this anonymous because there's a lot of wrestlers. Like I'm gonna tell you guys something. It's gonna break my heart, you know, and, and tell you guys this. But Chris Jericho, who I love, right? I got him on the back ten of top ten favorites. His last name really isn't Jericho. It's Chris Urban. But with all respect to process, he probably had he had Jericho before WCW was bought out by WWE. So guess what he got to keep? I'm thinking his last mm, name. So there you go. Okay. I mean, I feel like I could teach you yeah, Chris this. Chris Irvin doesn't has the doesn't have the same you know bite to it. The finishers wouldn't work the walls of Irvin. <laughs> no, it does not. Or Irvine. I don't know. Love him though. Love him. Follow him on Twitter, Chris Jericho. It's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, we're at the two hour mark, dude. I mean. Gosh, to do our mark. Yeah, I, well, I couldn't give you four more hours, but you know that that's for no. That's I actually no. I actually hours. liked that we you educated me on it because I never. Okay, so my best friend from uh, when I was like, you know, uh, preteen, whatever. Um, he he was a WWE fan. All right, he watched uh, NWCW. He watched he he watched it. He would watch it every week. I never. I, I would be there when you watch it, but I would never get it. You know, I didn't get it. I don't understand. I don't. I didn't get the what. What's the system? I like playing the games on N sixty four. That's fun, you know. But I didn't get it, you know. Yeah. It's like ah, that, that funny guy has a weird mask and stuff. Ah, his name is Mankind. <laughs> that's cool, uh, you know. That's and you know you, you know there's some personalities that you knew like The Rock and stuff like that. But uh, I, I never got it. So I, this is like the first time I actually had somebody explain it to me. So I'm actually very much. Uh, I actually want this. We should do this next time. Next time again. Like, hey, what, what does this mean? Well, what is that? You know? To educate a goof. We'll fly off to Killer Mockingbird. But yeah. I, well, Francisco, there's one simple way of how to learn wrestling. Go to a wrestling event at the BBNT Center. Huh? Ooh. When, hold on. When, when did the Panthers say that that was happening? Do you know? I can look. I, I, I have no idea. Okay, one second. BBNT Center. Because, I mean, I've, I've taken you to hockey. You know, it, it it would be only right for us to go to a wrestling event at the home of my favorite hockey team. Uh, let's see. So, BB&T Center. And we're going to keep on the air because why not, you know? We'll, we'll keep it running. I don't have to be kicked out of here just yet. Just yet. WWE Live, October 25th, actually. That is uh, the Saturday? Are you kidding me? Or Friday. It's, it's a Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Last well, book. For me to take this. What happened? But that's way too soon for me to know. I'm prepared for that. Oh, yeah. October 25th. Yeah. Ticketmaster.com. There it is. Yeah. They got uh, lower bowl only seating. Um, yeah. They're going for, uh, let's see. Um, I see $20. $20. $20. $30. You want to get a little closer? They got floor seats as well. Uh, next Excuse to the ring. Live events, they are cheaper. Yeah, sixty-five dollars, ninety dollars for if you want to get on the floor there. One hundred and fifteen for one of them. And if you want to, yeah, we're not going to make you guys do that. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we'll be getting Club Lexus, which is the where the owner seats are for the Panthers, uh, and where you can have the, your caviar and your swordfish and all that stuff. All right, so um, we'll discuss that off of air. See if you know we could do that, but. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, sorry that Andrew could not be here. We'll most likely have him next week. Uh, but thank you, Charles, as we, we we journey through hockey and wrestling and basketball and even baseball. And uh, 
we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Adios. Uh...